Jam Studios brought to you by Old Mutual. Everybody and a warm welcome to Nasty C's Zulu Man with some power podcast series brought to you by M Studios by Old Mutual. Right now, I am coming at you guys from M Studios in Newtown, which is an incredible world-class facility that was put together by the good people at Old Mutual. As you can see, they've got a dope stage behind me with incredible lighting and a full PA system. There's a recording studio, a boardroom, and so many other facilities that you guys can use if you want to take your career to the next level. For more information, make sure you check out this website that is strapped below. Since the very beginning of his career, Nasty C has been a big thinker. He's always tried to do things differently and that's probably why he's advanced to the international level where he is today. So to celebrate the release of his third album, Zulu Man with Some Power, he has called upon some industry professionals to break down what really happens behind the scenes in the music industry. So whether you are an artist, whether you're a content creator, whether you're an aspiring music manager, there's so much cool information in the series that you definitely want to check out. All right, guys, in this week's episode, Cesar Lomo, who is an incredible TV star and businessman, sits down one-on-one with Nasty C to discuss how he deals with his life in the hip-hop business. They talk about how he's diversifying his portfolio to become a billionaire in dollars, retire by 35, and they also break down how he deals with things like writer's block and egos in the music industry. The time is now. Let's go. M Studios brought to you by Old Mutual. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Cesar Leo de Janeiro here. Only when I'm dealing with hip hop matters, I go by that name. But on a serious note, Cesar Lomo. And today we decided to chill with Nasty C. Uh, the guys gave me an invitation. And I figured because we've never had like a protracted conversation about hip hop, his career, where things are going, this would be a very good moment to do that. How's it going? Going good, man. You are? Good. Yeah. Good. So, you actually come from KZN, and funny enough, a part of your name is very similar to my name. Caesar. Yeah. I used to go by Caesar. Really? Yeah, in high school, uh, I had uh, friends that called me Caesar. But it's also, it's bigger than that. It's Ntihaya Caesar, yeah. which basically means like the pillar of the nation. Yep. And my name is Mondiwa Caesar. Is that your full name? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's crazy. Somebody who takes care of the nation. Oh, So, you know, it's always like that's heavy. Because people say you follow your name, yeah. you know? Uh, you from Durban too? Yeah. Oh, snap. Crazy I did not know that. Um, know so, that. obviously, you liked hip-hop when you were younger. <laughs> I know that you obviously, you know, like, you work very much on your verses and being a wordsmith, etc. and so on. Mm-hmm. When do you think I could be a rapper as a profession? When did that thought start to, like, get into your head? Probably around 16. See, when I started getting my... 200 bucks, 300 bucks for like a verse yeah. and stuff. And I started to give like a little bit of money. So I remember that. In fact, you know, you don't know this, but I'm always like keeping an eye on like up and coming dudes and I hear things and I speak to people. So you guys are in touch with a colleague of mine at the time, Mel. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, like you used to hit her up for advice. She'd be like, yo, move this That's way, my sister. move that way. You That's know my what big I mean? sister. Yeah. And so she used to speak about this guy from KZS. Like, yo, I really think he's got a future. Uh, and then obviously like the singles started coming and then already at that time you'd calculated a fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that done? Like, was that just through social media? How, yeah. how do you get to that point? <clears throat> Mostly social media. And then also um, we had we had like our own little, little um, strategy. We used, to, we used to do a lot of high schools, show up at a lot of places where we knew people my age would be at. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how, that's how I got that. And then obviously... 
Like I've always been like a social media person. So BBM, even though BBM was dying out at that time, I like, I kind of brought it back. And then I had like thousands of people there, mix it, all that type of stuff. Like I just used any, any means to get to them. Mm. Yeah. The age group thing is really important because it's so weird. When you become a national star, <clears throat> Mm-hmm. People expect you to appeal to everybody. Right. But the thing is, everybody's got their own group, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you may be, like, I'm 37 now, right? So you can drop a song and I go, ah, I'm not feeling it's the not song, the swag or whatever. But it's actually not for me. Yeah. Uh, do you find that it's difficult to educate an audience, especially in South Africa, to know this one particularly is not for you. This wave is for the young kids. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And it shouldn't be that way. Because, it sh- it, like, Mabenga is, or they should just move on, right? Yeah. But instead of that happening, um, they try and critique you and then compare you to your your most recent big thing and then make it look like, you know what I mean? And then how does that make you feel? Well, because I know that it's, it's stupid and I know that it's just them just wanting to say something, people just always try to find something they can point out, like a black spot out of everything. So it's like, I mean, I don't really mind it, but like, as as a person who 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 makes the art that they criticize, obviously it gets to me a little bit every now and then. You know what I mean? Like, but but for the most part, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. When you spoke earlier on, you were like, you know, majority <laughs> of the discussion should probably hinge around business, strategy, mm-hmm. and hip hop, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously where careers you know end up going in terms of trajectory. The first thing I'd want to know is. What are you in the game for before we can even discuss any kind of strategy? Because it's different for some people. Mm-hmm. Some dudes get into rapping because it's just an innate talent. Then they realize, oh, maybe I can tap a chick or two. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and then others are like, yo, I, I want to be famous. You know? Right. And they get into that. Right. Other people want to make money and they get into it. What's, what's your drive? Money and a legacy. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Definitely money. But also, I just, I know I can do so much. I can, I can write, I can write different types of songs for different genres and stuff like that. I've always said, and I still say this to this day, like my, my ultimate goal, I don't want to end up being known as just like a rapper, even though it's like a great rapper. I don't want to, I don't want it to just end there. I want to be known as somebody who's able to, to produce talent. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I want to be able to write for uh, an R&B singer one day and have her be like the number one R&B singer in the world and people don't even know that it was me behind it type thing. So when you say that, if you were to find a way to make money that had nothing to do with music, right? Mm -hmm. Would you then still do the music? No, because I still want that legacy. Okay. Yeah, I still want that legacy. Okay. I had to get it. And do you move in a way that in the future, your current moves don't impede anything you do in the future? Yeah, I'd like to think I do. I mean, everything I'm doing right now is leading up to these crazy goals that I have. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I write for a lot of the people around me. Some of the songs that people end up comparing me to, like, it's like, it's, your guy, it's, like it's my song. Like, I wrote it, but because I don't tell anybody. You know what I mean? So I'm definitely working up towards that. Yeah. Definitely. And between writing and producing, uh, which would you say you like more? Writing. Yeah, writing is different. Producing producing is cool, but when you get a block, it's like, yo, it's so hard to find a way around it and you just feel useless. You feel like you don't know music. Yeah. And you feel like you just lost all senses or whatever, you know? But when, when it comes to writing, it's like those type of moments just make you think harder. And then whatever you come up with after that, it's like you broke through a wall to, to get to an even like greener side. So definitely writing. Do you ever write a song or a verse and feel like the person who's delivering it doesn't do it justice? Yes, it happens a lot. 
And then what do you do? Because you can't take it back. You don't go, yo, give me my verse. No, what I what I what I do is because okay, let, let me let me create a scenario. Let's let's say I wrote the song specifically for that person, right? Yeah. So when I wrote it, I had them in mind, Ved. And and they don't deliver it how I thought they would. What I do is I just ask them to get comfortable, like get comfortable, get drunk or whatever, and then say it how you would say it if it was your song. Because that's that's the thing that kind of people up a little bit, I guess. It's like we as would say, I palango, yeah, no. It's not his vision or whatever, do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's a little tricky. You have to find a way to finesse right through that. So just get them comfortable and just get them to say it however they would say it. And then missing Hamban and Floyd up. And then just like, okay, cool. I'll let you do it your way, your style, your accent, whatever. But at least like these crucial words, like maybe in the hook, like you have to say this one my way because you know what I mean? And you approach them or do they approach you? Because that makes a difference. If somebody approached you, yeah. I suppose it'd be a lot more open to taking feedback from you in direction, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're the one that came to them, then they may feel like, yo, what do I need this for? I'm, I'm popping already. Nah, I usually I usually go to them. I go to them. And how do they take it? I, I hope they don't take any offense from it because it's not like I'm saying, yo, your music is cool, but you can do better. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, yo, I can hear you on this shit and it'd be so dope if you, I had an idea. Like, do you like this? And also I let them change like some of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, like I let you change, I let you alter. We work on it together. And I'll tell you why I'm asking all these questions because if you look at the landscape, especially in South Africa, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and I suppose you can speak Pan African as well. In hip hop, it's largely ego driven. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And at the points where those egos clash and collide, somebody that you regarded as a friend can end up being an enemy. Mm -hmm. I need to give you examples. I mean, you go through some. Now it's like, yeah. yo, it started off where you gave somebody a song, yeah. they didn't use the song, you took the song, released it yourself, the song popped. It's just now then, then how it gets communicated, especially yeah. when it gets to a public space, becomes yeah. a big thing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then I remember, for example, you did a joint with MT back when Kantari used to be a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you guys decided you're gonna go back, you recorded some evening, and that song actually popped, right? Mm -hmm. But inevitably, people then start comparing the two verses. Choruses, who came off which way, what way? Yeah. How do you manage that? Because on your side, you may be cool with it, but somebody's ego may not be able to take it if it turns out that they feel that they've been outshot. I don't know, man. Like, man, I got over that whole "who killed who" on the song thing a long time ago. When I was when I was still rapping to prove that I can rap. Yeah. When when it was just about that. Now I look at my approach, like to music. It's, it's very different now. So I don't mind you saying so-and-so killed me on the song or whatever. I don't... And I'm glad you bring that up because as a rapper, especially when you're starting out, you've got to first prove you can rap. Yeah. It's, it's hard to take it to then. It's hard to take it then because you're like, how did this person kill me when I said this and this and that? You guys are just dumb. You guys just didn't get this. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? When, when that's all you're focused on. But right now, I'm telling you, my, my is about it's about the feeling. Like if, if, you, if, you, if it makes you feel the way I want you to feel when you hear it, Done. I don't care who killed who on the song, whatever. It's the same song. And so what do you make the music for now? The feeling. Like, it has to service you somehow. Like, when you listen to it, you have to feel what I was feeling when I made it or when I wrote it. Do you know what I mean? And it has to age you one way or another. Like, if you're in a bad mood and it's a happy song, it should make you feel happy. If, it, if I fail to do that, then I didn't, I didn't do my job right. That's how I'm looking at it. And who do you have just overseeing the creative process? Because... So there's like eight forms of intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and we can speak through all of them. So, you know, some people are more musically inclined. They just, they know music. Mm -hmm. uh, but even then, uh, other people are just, the intelligence is more based on words. Other people, mathematically intelligent. Uh, other people, like they've got interpersonal skills. 
Mm-hmm. Then it's intrapersonal skills where you've got to know yourself mm-hmm. and what makes you tick. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's just so much uh, emotional intelligence. So when you are going out there and making music, who oversees that? Because in South Africa... Oversee how? Like, what do you mean? There's always got to be something that oversees it, right? So, so let me give you an example. If I were to categorize you guys, I'll just use people. I'll say your intelligence, for example, leans more towards words, right? Okay, yeah. And then somebody like, like Keenan, his intelligence leans more towards music, right? Mm-hmm. And then somebody like Casper, his intelligence leans more towards like a body intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. So somebody knows how to move their body. There's some people who can watch a dance move once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and get it, yeah, right? Yeah. But in order to make music, you need somebody who has all of those three things. And they all come together. And also, I'd I'd argue you probably need emotional intelligence as well because I need somebody who's going to survey the landscape and be like, this moment in time in history calls for this kind of song. So when Biggie was making his album, he needed a Diddy because Diddy was like, yeah, you can rap, but this is not a cypher. Okay. Right? And how you rap in a cypher uh, compared to how you rap on a song, compared to how you rap on an album. It's different. Require, yeah, three different disciplines. Yeah. So who's that person for you that guides you to go, Junior? Dude, you could always rap. That was never a question. No, nah, I don't. I don't have. I don't have that. What I have is, and this is just my my normal team. Actually, it's not a, a team that's just like assigned to do this one specific thing. Mm. My team, when when it's time to wrap up a project, they help me pick the songs that make it onto the album. So first, I'll pick the ones I say these have to be on the album. Otherwise, this album is not. It, it, it won't make any sense. Like the reason I'm calling the album this and da 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 is because of these songs. So those songs stay on there. That's like 80%. And then the 20% is, is um, I like to give it to my team because first of all, I have a diverse team. I have people that come from Jamaica uh, and then it's people that come from the UK and then from the States and then Nabalana. But then, yeah. so I need to know how 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 they take in like the music, like how do they receive it, like what do they think about it, do you know? So like I, I'll get them to help me pick like, okay, so let's say let's say the eighty percent is done, right? Now we're looking for the street song, we're looking for the radio song, we're looking for what else? Uh, TikTok. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's that's when they come in for that part. And again, you see, you're hitting on all the right notes because it gets me thinking at least you've got the right people in place. Mm-hmm. What we need to understand is whether or not those people work in the way that you'd like them to work and if the desired effect always comes out, right? So you yeah. mentioned, yeah. especially in South Africa, right? Mm-hmm. The thing I like to speak of is like just, it's based on science and gut feel. Mm-hmm. So when Kwaito was big, majority of the Kwaito stars came from very impoverished backgrounds, right? right? right. I joke and I say there must be something in the water, Ezola, because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the biggest okay, yeah. stars, you know what I mean, yeah. came from there, you know? Yeah. But that is not a coincidence. It's actually because the majority of South Africans live like that. Yeah. And so if you exactly. can come out of that kind of setting, your stories will relate to a lot of people out there. Mm-hmm. It's not about being poor. And I think sometimes people miss it. So go, ah, I gotta pretend that I was poor. It's about the experience that you live as a result. Yeah, Yeah. as a result. Exactly. And so that's why knowing yourself is really important. Mm -hmm. So how comfortable are you in your own skin? Speak now. A thousand percent. And when you first came out. When I first started, I won't lie to you, like, there was a lot of stuff that I didn't like about myself. There was things I hadn't accepted about myself that had nothing to do with music even. Mm -hmm. Like, just as a person. Like, my toe, for instance. Like, 
that's the one thing I kept from the world for like the longest of time, from even my closest friends. You know what I mean? So coming into the game, I definitely wasn't like, it's not like I had my figured out. I acted like I did, but I didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all the books I read, uh, the movies I watch, just the people I talk to, the friends that I've made, all of that just like contributed to, to me becoming the person that I am today. Like right now, I'm like, I'm a thousand percent comfortable with my skin, but there's no other way to put it. Like, like I know myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not afraid. I'm, I'm at a point where it's like, I'm not afraid to, to fall or fail. You know, I'm not afraid to get some wrong. I'm not afraid to make mistakes. I'm not afraid to be criticized here. And I know that shit comes with it. Like, And so then when you make a song, are you hoping that people are going to resonate with it or resonate or gravitate towards it because it's your song or because they find something in it that they can actually uh, yeah, hopefully, identify it with? Hopefully it's, it's the latter, you know? I want them to, to, to listen to it because they, they feel like they have a connection to the song. I don't want them to just listen to it just because it's me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. So when you spoke about the money initially, tell me what your plan is to make the money. So when you sit back, it's a lot of go, things. Yo, I'm gonna I'm get this paper. It's a lot of things. Well, first of all, gonna get it? I'm gonna milk the shit out of this career. Yeah. One, and then with all the other inventions that I have going on on the side, hopefully, hopefully, just one of them catches. You know, I have a bunch of these ideas. Um, some of them I, I have prototypes even, more, more especially with the digital stuff, because then it's like, I just have to create the website or the app and then just learn a little bit of code to do whatever it is that I, that I see. Yeah, so yeah. hopefully like if, if one or two of them catch on, it's a wrap. It's like, I might have, I might have like a, like a, a TikTok in my hand, you know, like, or like an Instagram or something. Not per se, not like social media yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. but I might have like a gem, something like that. Some, pe some people don't really think they need, but once they see it and they're exposed to it, it's like, then you can never get off it. How long are you hoping to rap for? Not that long, bro. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not rapping in my 40s. Not even 36. I think 35, I draw the line. <laughs> yeah, 35, I draw the line. I'm out. What if you're too hard at 35? I don't care. I, I, went, I go out like a legend. You never get to say I fell off. Would you be able to stop though? I will. I will. I, 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 I write. Dog, you don't know how many people I write for. Like, I, that's, that's what I'll do. I'll just put it out through. I know through, you always put it, recording music. Mm -hmm. So I'll just put it out through those people. You know what I mean? Give them the songs. Okay. And then what does life look like after 35? I cannot tell you, but I have, I have it figured out already. I'm going to this place that, that I love. It's like so left. Nobody would actually just move there or even retire there or think of retiring there, but that's exactly what I'm gonna retire. I even started looking at like houses there and stuff, like, you know, just to plan out my life. It's just gonna be me, my girl. If I have kids at the time, me and my kids, just be out there, come back every now and then just to check my friends, my family. And they also wanna move to the same place too. So it's not like most of them won't be around. People have a Gone. figure in mind, always. I speak to some of my friends, when you start out, the figure is usually a lot less than what it ends up being when you get older. Mm -hmm. What's that figure for you where you're like, okay, once I make this amount of money, billion. I'm billion. I'm open about it. It's a billion. Rand or dollars? I haven't I haven't decided yet because, <laughs> <laughs> because I wanna I wanna say dollars so that and God forbid, if it doesn't end up happening, because I put Angibegelu 35, like everything stops at 35 for me. At 35, I drop all this. And I start focusing on something else. So if I don't, if I'm not a billionaire at 35, hopefully I'm like uh, I'm in the hundreds. Yeah. In dollars, so that it's a billion here. Okay. Now let's speak realistically here, right? Currently, because obviously you've had like somewhat of a career now. Yeah. How would you characterize a career thus far? 
Like, what you mean? Like, if you had to give yourself a scorecard, have things gone according to your plan? I know you've suffered some setbacks. Yeah. Have you been blindsided by things? You're like, damn, I didn't see this coming. Yeah, thinking thinking about what I had in mind, I'd say like a 7.5. Yeah, like a 7.5. Out of 10, 7.5. And is that because you're able to adapt or do you feel like you could have done better if things that's had because happened I, in the past? That's because I feel like I could have done better. There's a lot of people I could have ducked, but I can't, my problem is I came in thinking was sweet. I came in thinking, Shaw Kumbaya, and we're all yeah. gonna be an artist and like like a, a little a group or whatever. You're gonna be tight, you know. I thought I thought it was gonna be like that. I thought there was good energy in the game, and then it wasn't, you know. So that makes up for like the that 2.5 that's missing. A lot of a lot of the mistakes and and that I go through, I didn't really have to go through it, dog. I realized like if I if I just avoided those people, I didn't even need those people. Just like being um, that type of person that. It's like I help people out all the time, you know what I mean? So helping someone else, like, yeah, you can join the crew, dog. You can be this, or you can just do this, or whatever, and, and we'll figure out, like, if you, at least if you have a role, then I can, anywhere I travel, I can say you're my this, and then, mm. and then we travel, you know what I mean? That's, that's what I was doing. Like, I was trying to, like, build, like, a, a strong camp, you know? And then it just didn't happen that way. People always have their own interests and their own visions. Do you feel like being from KZN helped you or jeopardized you? It helped me. It helped me. I'm not like a lot of Josie cats. Like a lot of a lot of Josie cats are, are weird. It's like the energy is very weird. The the, the mentality is very different. Very hype driven and like that. first of all, like I mean, I'm not a rapper 24 seven dog. Like if if the cameras are off, you get to see another side of me. Like and the problem is a lot of these guys are, are the ego and the brand 24 seven and. It's it's like weird. I, mean, I, can't, I can never take you serious. Like that's not how you really talk. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? But that's just that you want to keep up and act like that and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's like dog, cut it out. Like I'm actually trying to speak to you as a normal person. So being from Durban definitely definitely helped me. And do you feel like there were gatekeepers when you first got here though? Nah. I mean, I came in and it was like almost immediately a lot of people expected me to fall under their wing, and like I wasn't gonna do that. And I made it clear. And I, I guess there's like this culture of, even though we're not really friends, when we see each other, it's gonna be like that mutual respect. But I mean, I used to hear a lot about what these people used to say about me in the other rooms, you know what I mean? So I used to never do that. And that just, it just created some sort of like, it was like tension with a lot of guys in the game. So it's like, I, mean, I never, I was like, I have my own crew. I don't care about anything else. Who are the people that helped you navigate the game, though? The people that, that gave me advice that was actually solid and it wasn't about them playing the big bro role. Black Coffee, my E. I treat my E like, like he's my own uncle, bro. Like, I used to even just pop out of his crib for no reason. Just go there, chill, smoke, talk some shit. He definitely gave me some solid advice. AKA, indirectly, from back when I was still coming up in Durban, just showing me love then, and, and he kept, like, a very good distance. It probably wasn't even intentional. Like, we didn't even think about it, but it was like, it was like a very good, a, a nice distance where I could study the shit he does and how, how he maneuvers. And at the same time, no, would say I can, if, if should I ever need anything, I could just and ask him for that advice. Les also, Les also, definitely. Les has always been just of good energy towards me anyways. You know, it's interesting you mentioned Les because I don't think he gets enough props. Mm -hmm. If there's a guy whose en energy is so genuine, yeah. right? Yeah. It's that guy. Yeah. 
That guy has been with people who are beefing with each other, but he just doesn't get involved, mm. right? Mm. Not because he's a coward or anything like that, but just because he's genuine with both sides. Yes. And um, for me, I always feel like people don't recognize him enough for that, you know? Yeah, there's definitely one of the ones, though. He's, he's one of those guys, definitely. Okay, so now speak to us about the album's <clears throat> dropped. There's obviously a lot of attention, there's a lot of noise, even internationally. How's that? It's different, right? Yeah, it's different. It's different. I feel like as an artist, you hope that only the love magnifies, but the hate also, it comes with it. Like as this grows, this grows too. So it's definitely different. It's like everything is like a lot. And how people do business is also very different. In South Africa, the industry is like kind of small. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do anything by yourself. If you go to the US, the game changes literally overnight, yeah. right? Yeah. And how do you navigate that? It's dope. I'm still, I'm still learning. La Paana, everything works so quick. It's like... Everything works so fast, though. You meet someone to, you meet five producers today, and and by the time you walk out of their studio, you you worked with all of them, and you guys already have plans of of dropping and how you're gonna drop and stuff like that. It's dope. It gives you a nice little high. It's like it gives you adrenaline, mad adrenaline. It's dope. I love it. So when you think about your audience and people you've got to service, who do you regard as your primary audience now? You go, yo, I gotta See? make this song for South Africans. Those are my people, and then the rest of the world can catch on. Nah. Or do you now make music for the world? But the thing is, I've I've always made music for the world. I've always looked at myself as the guy who is one day gonna gonna be the biggest artist in the world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I've always looked at myself like that. So the music I've always made has always been like that. That's why people always said you should sound more local. You should sound more like this. And this is, like I've always just been aiming that high. So that really hasn't changed. That hasn't changed at all. It's just that. The music that that comes out in certain regions, we we pick specifically. Sometimes we'll pick a song that we'll put out just in this region. Yeah, uh, just to keep that that part uh, satisfied. Also, that's when that we were talking about earlier comes into play. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And look, it's always easier said than done to go in the future. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do this. Right. Mm-hmm. How do you use your money currently? I don't, I don't go crazy. I don't go as crazy as I used to. My circle is way smaller, so I'm paying for less shit. Yeah, man, I'm saving up a lot of money, bro. I don't lie. I save up a lot of money. The most money I spend these days is on, like, equipment and what else? Like, when I'm buying, like, a lot of coin at once, like, a lot of Bitcoin at once. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I really spend a lot of money. I don't lie. I don't even, like, buy cars and, and like that. I don't do that. Like, I just save my money. Yeah. Look. Obviously, you can't get into too much detail because there's just certain things you you don't want to say, especially not on camera. Yeah. Uh, it's not wise to do so. But there are some people who make more money asleep than others make while working throughout the year, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I find, especially in life, because life is uh, certainly bigger than hip-hop and it's certainly bigger than music, the more you converse with those people, the more you end up being in spaces where you're like, man, I didn't realize I could make this kind of paper from this thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, sometimes you need, just like you've got a music mentor, you may need like a business mentor, et cetera, and so on, you know? I do, but I just haven't found that person yet. Who's the person that you you look up to, though, when it comes to business? That's the thing, I don't. Like, obviously, like, when you say Jay-Z and, and, and those guys, and obviously people even outside of, like, hip-hop and stuff, like, we, we watch... Especially it. outside of hip-hop. And yeah, I'll tell you why, for me, I think it's important to have a business outside of everything that you do, right? Let's say for some reason, people wake up tomorrow and they go, man, we done with Junior for whatever reason. 
right? Yeah. You never want that to affect whatever it is that you're doing. That it brings, isn't. That, that brings paper. It, it, it will never, it won't. That's the thing. That, that's where I'm at. It's like all the other shit that I'm doing, I know it has so much potential. Um, some of it has started and like it's doing good. It's just that I haven't gone full force in it because it's like, I'm like testing the waters. So I have a lot of that going on on the side. And also I know, I know that if that happened, that would be such a blessing because it would, it would take me out of the public eye. That allows me to go fail as many times as I have to with the other I'm not worried about that at all. Falling off and losing fans and other There's two ways to get that. So you can either fall off nah. or you can fall out of favor. Falling yeah. out of favor, I'd argue, is worse than falling off. Because falling off means you've gone through your trajectory, people have, you've, you've basically gone through your career and people are like, okay, cool, we're cool now, we're over it. Nah, I'm, I'm but good. I'll give you two examples. Two people that I thought were gonna break internationally, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. First person is okay, Madam Cool Cat. The sound was very authentic, and I felt like it could connect with a way broader audience than just South Africans. Mm-hmm. Then he got arrested, right. and then you know how that went. Mm-hmm. Then after that, the second person I thought was possibly gonna make it was Java, right? Mm-hmm. You see what's happening now, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes it happens, Uzi, when a career and everything is lined up. Jadakis uh, uses the term, he's like, you're on the way to the riches and then you get off on the exit. Sometimes it happens. I've seen careers get cut short and you're like, man, if this guy had been allowed or just given the latitude to carry on as yeah, things look like they're gonna go. We but I mean, right. also as artists, like we know, we know how fake the love is. Like as an artist, like to be real with yourself, look at all the love you're getting, all the followers and whatever. And you might have to just like cut a whole 60% chunk off of that and throw it aside because it's not real. It's like, I want to for that, for that song or for that picture or for that video or for that connect with so-and-so or for your girl, for this and that. Do you know what I mean? Just all that shit can just vanish. But I mean, I mean, uh, that, that should, that should tell you, Wuti, like your, your legacy as an artist is like a, it's like a, it's like a candlelight. It's very fickle. Yeah. One day it could just go off. So don't have everything in this one bag. So this bag breaks, everything's falling out. Do you know what I mean? I'm not like that. My other shit that has potential has got nothing to do with Nasty C or even the person I am. There's no face to it at all, period. So even if, like, people can say they hate the living gut, like, like they could they threaten to kill me. I could, I could be forced to go stay in an underground, like, I'm just being dramatic. I could, yeah. I could be forced to go hide out in a cave and I would still be able to make money. Okay, so I now have to ask, because you've brought this up three times, right? Mm-hmm. What is this other stuff that you keep saying that you're doing? I don't want to say. But, okay, so is it something you were doing before rap, right? Or mm-hmm. is it something that once you got into rap, you realized, okay, I can actually get into this because now I've got the access to these spaces. The things that I, I thought about before, um, before I started taking music serious, mm-hmm. but at the same time I was young as hell and I, and I didn't have even like a, a, a 10% fraction of the information I have now. So it was like, it was like a, oh, maybe one day I can do this. Uh, and then I never entertained that thought. But then when I realized how slow music money is here in SA, like I really, I really started to, to think, okay, cool. Um, I should definitely take all this time right now I have to learn how to do this, learn how to make my own this, learn how to do that, do that, and just start thinking outside the box. And then me and him, me and him have always been like that. Even even with every single thing that's happened in the game, the people that I've met, all that stuff, we literally spoke all of that stuff into existence with this guy right here. Like when we were like 15, like there's this one road we used to, we used to always go stand at and just like talk about how we were going to 
break into the industry, how we were gonna maneuver, and, and even even the part about writing for other people, even even that was a part of it. It's like okay, even if people end up getting over my style, they'll think, oh, this guy flushed my career out, but it's still me. Mm -hmm. I mean, so. it takes resources as well because for some reason, and I don't know why it happens, I find that musicians or rappers always have a very myopic view. So mm. they'll pop off, mm. and the first thing is everybody wants to do the merch, mm. clothing line, yeah. sneaker, yep. and that's pretty much where it ends. Mm -hmm. uh, very few guys venture out and go, I'm actually going to start an IT company. Even people that studied it. Like, I mean, so Slicker, for example, studied IT before he was in the whole thing with Squatter Camp. Mm -hmm. And people are now amazed at how well he does with Slicker Online. Mm. But they don't know that's actually what the guy studied, you know? I didn't know that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, and so there's always method behind the madness. It has to be. So you just have to be smart, Fitz. Well, these days, the way people are making money, bro, it's like like you playing yourself if, if you're just thinking like that. You, like you shouldn't be that narrow. That laser way of thinking is bad for you. Especially as an artist, because you feel like everything is going to be fine and you feel, you feel so secure and there's so many people running around for you and all you have to do is sit there, look pretty, go in the studio, say a couple cool lines or whatever, and money keeps rolling in. So you can get comfortable as an artist and start to think, I, I worry about all that other like when I'm like 30, then I'll start investing. No, like I started doing that very early. And then what about genres? Again, I'll use an example of Akon. But Akon, for example, the guy was like, yo, I'll do hip hop initially. Ended up doing pop, now building cities. I do dabble with other genres, but I have a smart way of doing it. I don't do it as Nasty C. So you got like a pseudonym? Maybe. Yeah. Why is it gonna be so secretive? <laughs> Just tell him, be like, yo. No, nah, I don't, I don't. I'm actually like the third member of Daft Punk. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't. What I, what I do is I, I, write for, uh, I write for people. But like, I make those songs, some of those songs I make by myself in studio at home. Yeah. And then I'll come to you with the actual thing and be like, yo, listen to this, do you like this? And they're like, yeah, who the f is this? And I was like, this would be my idea. I think it's, uh, like, it could be like that. How many songs do you reckon you make in a week? These days, not a lot. Like. As of recently, I've been bombarded with just like Zoom calls and this and that, so not a lot recently. Probably like one or two songs a week. Was this during COVID, during lockdown or? Uh, during lockdown, before, before. The album came The out. album Yeah. Yeah, probably two, three songs. Sometimes, like if it's a good week, you'll come out with five, sometimes. And the thing with people that make that many songs is, one, a lot of them end up getting shelved, right? Mm -hmm. So like, Park is one of those guys who used to record, like every time he had downtime, he'd go to the studio. And just like record, record, record. Wayne at some point was that too. I don't know if he still does. But majority of the stuff never comes out. And if you speak to those guys, they say they even forget what they recorded in the past because it's such a large volume of work. Yeah. Right? So if you're doing like five songs literally in a week yeah. and it's 52 weeks, yeah. you're doing like 250 songs in a year, you've been in the game for like five years, it's quite a lot. It's like 1,250 songs, right? Yeah. You're only going to put out, if you're lucky, maybe 5% of that. Mm -hmm. What do you do with the rest? And do you ever go back and go, man, I forgot I recorded this. Yeah, that happens. That happens a lot. So what you do is, this is my thing. I don't like to make all my music like one dimensional and about me the whole time. Yeah. So even if Nasty C ends today, my music won't go to trash because it's different. So I can, again, give it to the artists and that type of stuff. There's, there's a lot of, I just, I just don't want to say it, but there's a lot of like, yeah, but even that, it requires so much introspection, right? So you're not afraid to be able to write from somebody else's point of view and perspective. Mm -hmm. 
you've got to be able to sit back and observe the world from their perspective. Mm-hmm. When do you get time to do that? Because that's I don't that's I don't, what I'm trying to get at. I don't do it like that though. I don't I don't like study Umuntu just to just to go, okay, cool. Next time I want to write about this. Yeah, but you gotta study the world like but that. What I, what I, yeah, but I'm 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 that type of guy anyways. I, I read stupid stuff, I watch a lot of series that people wouldn't even my friends don't even watch those series. They think they think the, the series are corny. But they give me like a, a different like outlook on, on, on just like life itself and, and the different types of people. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's, it's all that type of stuff. It's all this information that you just absorb just by watching, you know what I mean, consuming and all that type of stuff. That's how I get it. It's not like I think about it that deeply. I don't go study somebody just to, no, I don't do that. And then it's Kelly. What about it? Just what is your relationship with school like when you're younger? What's your relationship with knowledge like now? Now, I make the initiative. So I get up and I go look for a book. Or I get up and, and look for, even if it's just an audio book or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, in school, I didn't like, I didn't like reading at all. I hated reading, I hated books, I hate I hated novels. How is that though, when you're a writer, class. right? Because again, so I remember like I once interviewed Nas and we were speaking about school and why he quit. And he said, school quit me, right? Yeah. And Nas is one of those- That's that, so Nas. You know what I mean? And like, and, and he's one of those that people think, you know, he's like That's one great. of the greatest. He's definitely like in a few people's top fives. Mm-hmm. But I personally feel like had Nas completed school, he'd be an even better rapper than he is now, right? Um, I disagree. Why do you disagree? I feel like already the knowledge that he has and just like his his pen being that strong and that bold, it's it's like a disadvantage going on again. If you think about it, music is going back to just being like very simple now. And Nas is just dropping gems on gems on gems. People don't listen to gems all the time. Yeah, but who's to say that you can be educated and still be ignorant? It gets in the way. It doesn't feel, it, it feels off. The only, see, some, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, sometimes when I make songs, like yeah. I'll, I'll make a dumb song, knowing what I, I'm getting daily minutes, it's going to end up being somebody else's. But the fact that I'm doing it, I'm just like, yo, it, it just doesn't feel right. You ask to that's not true. You're not that type of artist or, or whatever. You don't want to end up thinking of yourself as somebody who's dumbing down their whole just to fit in or just to, you know what I mean? But that's life though, guys. Life requires that you adapt to every hey, circumstance. I so, guess so. I so guess so. the thing, right? Yeah. You speak about dumbing down. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily dumbing down, but let's call Simplifying. it code switching. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. There's certain times for an intellectual conversation. There's other times for uksalaji namajita. And just crack jokes. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Even though you know better. So why can't music be like that? And that's another thing for me. Why do people always have to hold you to the highest standard all the time? But listen, it's a, it's a, it's a brand. Like when Diddy made, or Biggie made Slayer Hater. It's a brand. It's not like the songs you make are They're not guaranteed to be It's just that from the people that you've collected on your way, being this person that raps about this and that, and that's smart as even like on wax, like there's no way you could just out of nowhere just, Drop a Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Like Nas can, can never yes, drop a Gucci gang. No, dog, no, it won't it's, work. It's, it's, about it's a branding it. thing. It's about dog, how so, you do it. So I'm listen. telling you, it's I'm about telling you. how you do it. So listen, so listen. Let me tell you. Bro, why. let me tell you why, right? This is how. If you have cultivated your fan base and people trust you and they know it's okay, if you go in this direction, we're going to roll with you. That takes For too long. Reasons. That takes too long. But just wait. That takes Drake career length, dog. That takes too long. Yeah, but this thing is that long. Okay, yeah, this I thing guess. Happen okay, right? And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah, then when you come around, I guess, I guess. just like I said, I mean, that Biggie song's like, you've been robbed. You can hear the guys are messing around. 
Yeah. But I play that song and I sing along to it. Yeah. You see what I mean? Okay, okay. It's like it's like you this. You can tell it's the like guys this. are messing around. Because I got high when platinum. Platinum, dog, in the US. Million copies sold. Not to mention everywhere else in the world. Dog, it's like and the guy was like the studio and was high. I like, wish I, I wish I could just like I point. wish I could draw this for you. Like, do you know what I mean? Well it's, paint, paint, it's, it's, paint it's, the picture with your words. It, it, you can either be the type of artist that ends up having like a cult following. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That means you have to be a specific way and not don't waver too much. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, so you don't lose your people. That's why you have, that's why you have artists who have like a huge marketing team behind them that say, oh yeah, if, if, if you're about to get on camera, even if it's for a selfie or a FaceTime call, make sure you wear this cap. Yeah. Or make sure you're in, you're in all black. Make sure Ipekra Nigi Mover looks like this and that. Or if you're taking a promo video, even if it's a thriller video for, for your music, because people know you as a street guy, like hold guns in your, in your, in your shit. like hold, hold the money. Yeah. The, if those guys just went left out of nowhere and just like started taking very clean pictures and, and, and shit like that out of nowhere too early, it could damage their whole shit. I agree with you if you say too early. Okay. But once you've established yourself and people know what you're about. Yeah, but then you have all this think, leverage. It's like throwing all this leverage away, bro. It's you're like, not throwing the leverage. You are. Even a gangster puts a gun down sometimes. For yeah, sure, for but, sure. But even a professor right, cracks a right. joke sometimes. Look at this, look at this, look at this. Think about the guys that were like known as like hardcore thug rappers. Yeah. Look at how some of them put the gun down too early. Yeah. And that just it just didn't work out. It was just like, no, you changed, you're soft, you, you don't, like, we don't you, relate to you. You gave us the club out the gate. You gave us 10 on questions, first album. That was still on some hard shit, though. He had a bullet twist. Come on, bro. That was, that was still, nah, that was still, that was still like on some hard shit. Look at Game. Game is still making dope music, but he he changed, he changed it, he switched it up too early, I feel like. But Game was just inauthentic. See, when, 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 what you mean? So let me tell you. If you, you might know something 50, I don't know. So you go to 50's Instagram, for example. Mm -hmm. Who that guy is now is who that guy has always been. You listen to his yeah, skits, yeah, 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 yeah. you listen to him, him rolling with D12, Eminem. The dissing that yeah, guy has always been that. A clown, yeah, yeah I know that. He's always been that. He'll pop the get though but, when it's time. Yeah, but he he <laughs> never he never took that out of his sentences. We'll see. Yeah. Like, you know how I get down, you know what type of person I am. Yeah. I'll have you hiding for months. Like he never took that out of it. Even though Ubeas, like, he doesn't really want to do that, but it's for the business. Do you know what I mean? It's for the brand. How did this even start? How did this, how did this start? We're speaking about music. And, and what I'm trying to highlight here is that there's multiple facets to every person. Right. Especially you being an artist. Right. Okay, as she is cool, Manj. Okay. Right. If I just drop right. Zulu songs only. Imagine, imagine, imagine. You think that would work? La le la. Nah. I guarantee you right now. Kuna jita shi le abu gas how. La wachi dan makulu Zulu. Bengas ba velke zeren. Yeah. Bengas ba wazu kulu manje. Yeah. Yawe de shi. Yeah. Mo abasazi. Right. Bazi indaba ibona. Right. Bazi indaba ichelo. Okay. Yawe de shi. Yeah. So when jiang is okay, nam sa anje. We gonna make a quite good track. And people are talking about strong. Ah, I might. No, nah. It's like back on back on the support. Don't get me wrong. Back on the support of it, but it's like you're gonna lose a lot of the people that were with you. Pella, don't forget. You're not gonna lose. They're just gonna be like, it's not for me. But it doesn't negate the fact that Nasty has made other tracks that I like. Nah, people, people's attention span and just like their way of thinking and them wanting to relate to a person so badly, they really like fade away. Gang -lan, gang -lan, slowly they fade away. Trust me. That's how it happens. Because it's like 
some of them, some of them not only just like you for the obvious thing, which is let's say the music or whatever. Some of them like you because they think, yeah, this guy's just like me. He likes likes light skinned girls only. He's he's just like me. I f with this guy so much. And then one day they'll see a girlfriend's a dark skinned girl. And then even though your music didn't change, it's like they're not so sure anymore. They're like, every time you're talking about, yeah, I love you so much, they're thinking, ah, he's talking about a dark-skinned girl. I hate dark-skinned girls. Do you know what I mean? And then you lose that person. There's a, there's a lot of other factors that go with it. Like, you have to, like, you have to be very careful what you do with your brand. Like, you have to be... Yeah, look, in some ways I agree, but I also feel like, like people understand it's just because they see you the dark-skinned girl today doesn't mean... I will, you, you're not going to be... We wish, we wish people were that genuine. They're, they're not like, people are not like that. People are not that certain about what they like and what they don't but like. But is it only hip-hop fans that are like that? Because it's, it's other genres, people seem to be very cool with Pink coming out and doing one yeah. type of, one type of uh, genre like R&B yeah, and think, then switching up. Yeah, I think, I think it's just hip-hop. I think it's just hip-hop. Because even when you do that, people don't look at it as, oh, you're somebody that's bold enough to go out there and try something new in, in the public eye. People look at you as, your shit's not working, so you're desperate. That's why you're doing that. That's how people look at you when you do that. Do you know what I mean? Hip-hop is very ill-minded, like, Society. Okay. So, then to wrap up before we go, yeah. right now, how do you then define success of an album? So if you've dropped something and notice like, I think it's whack, does it matter to you? Or do you look at sales and go, ah, I'm happy with it? Or do you just have to appease yourself and be like, great? It depends on what I wanted to do with the album. See, that's, a, that's, that's another thing. These people want to come and judge. They don't even know what your plan was in the first place. I know what I wanted to do with the album. My album and the whole title and the logo, the whole Even the the aesthetic, look. everything. The saying the interviews. Saw, saw a plan that ties in with the album. What I'm trying to do is I'm going global, but at the same time, I'm trying to make sure that as I do that, people know who I am, they know where I come from, they know what I rep, and it's not too hard or too harsh for them to digest. They can still say, okay, cool. His music is actually fucking fire though. Like I understand everything he's saying. Is he really Zulu? Oh shit. Oh yeah, there is a song where he rapping Zulu. I wonder, what's his, what's his Steve Beagle? Let me do some more research. And that has done that. It has done that. Do you know what I mean? My album went number one in the world. That I've never had any number one anything in the world ever in my life. That album did exactly what I wanted it to do, bro. Like it did exactly what I wanted it to do. So it, it it does it, for me. It doesn't make sense to even entertain what Udinota has to say. It's like, what what have you done? Like what have you done that that outshines my because you feel like my is trash. Like what like show me something like. So why does somebody else have done something that outshines your work because, in order to critique it? And I'll tell you why. Because some of the best critics, for example, maybe have never written the book. No, but, but they can definitely give you a review on it. But but it's not like it's not like he just came at me and said the album is trash and pale. Yeah, I mean, he, he knows he spoke just an example. About, I'm not speaking about him yeah, specifically. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, about yeah. now. I'm just talking about critics as a whole. You know. Yeah, well, that's different. But in this case, it's because it's because he, he first of all. He thought he understood what I was trying to do with the album, why it was called Zulu Man with some power. He thought it was just going to be Zulu on Zulu on Zulu. Like, do you know what I mean? And he's like, you failed to do that. There's only one song in Zulu and it's just one verse and it's not even educational. The song about the song about Steve Beagle. First of all, who told you the song was about Steve Beagle? The title is Steve Beagle. Yes, the song is not about Steve Beagle. It's not a fucking book. It's not chapters, bro. It's like I title the song whatever I want to title it so that it could, it could catch the attention. You know what I mean? Sometimes for different reasons. Sometimes it's just because that word is very repetitive in the song. You know what I mean? And yeah, nah, he's coming with the, the know-it-all. Nah, you couldn't do what you thought you were doing with this album. You said you were going to do this. And it's like, but I did. 
and you don't know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? So if if you're gonna act like you have all these points and and you're so sure that this was supposed to happen and this person didn't do it, they fell short and this and that, then you you know you, you're nobody to critique anything. You don't understand the core of it. You don't understand why it was made, mm. how it was made, how long. Yeah, the full context. You, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. You just just talking. Who's your favorite rapper right now? Who was your favorite rapper growing up? Favorite rapper right now, Young Thug still. Growing up before before Young Thug was T.I. at first, and then it was Wayne for a very long time, and then it was uh, the whole of Slaughterhouse. So Joe Budden, Joy Lotis, Crooked Eye, and um, Royce. Very, very interesting. I never would have guessed any one of those guys. You would have thought Kendrick, Drake, let me see. I would have thought Drake, definitely not Kendrick. Yeah. A lot of people said Kendrick. Like when I said Young Thug, they were like, what? All right, look, it's been dope. Let's catch up when you're 35. Definitely. See if the Billy came. Definitely. <laughs> Trust me. Yo, no, I'll send you an expensive gift. I'll post some, I'll post some drag shit, buy you, buy you a car. Say, I, I did it. All right, <laughs> good, Peace. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Zulu Man with Some Power podcast series brought to you by M Studios by Old Mutual. If you want to find out more information about the facilities and resources that they offer or revisit some of their masterclasses, the time is now to visit mstudios.co.za. Music has changed. How it makes us feel never will. The time is now to visit mstudios.co.za.